Good? Ready? We're going to be in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, and we will also be in Ephesians chapter 4. And we will also be in Numbers, I believe, let me make sure, Numbers chapter 11. So Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and Numbers chapter 11. It's great to see all of you here. I did just want to uh, let you know there's things going on this week, and I want to make sure that we remind everyone. This Friday night, what is this Friday night? Perfect time. Look at that timing. It's the Christmas party, Fire Life Christmas party. We want to see you there. It, it will not be Fire Life if not everyone is there. If you aren't able to make it, we will do our best to have fun without you, but we want you there. Right? And there is a sign-up sheet there in the back because we want to make sure we have enough food because, you know, we're Pentecostal, spirit-filled lovers of Jesus, and what do we love to do? Eat. So sign up, bring a dish for your family or a dessert or bring both, whichever. Um, lots of cookies and stuff like that so we can just have fun. So it's at Matt and Belinda's house. The address is right there. Uh, you can Google it, or there is a written, drawn-out map um, on the table right before you leave the uh, main foyer. Um, so I just want to, is everyone signed up for that? I want to turn these lights on. Yeah. Is that better? Now you can't go to sleep and I will, I will see you if you do. This is just security measures. No, seriously, Friday. So we'd love to see you there. Kid friendly friends that don't go to church, bring them anybody. All right. It's going to be a fun time. And, uh, the rest of our announcements are on the sheets and stuff, but I wanted to draw particular attention to that because this is our first annual Fire Life. Someday we'll rent out a hotel room and we'll have a big party with all the Fire Life people. Doesn't that sound fun? Yeah, we'll start out small. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. That's a scripture somewhere, right? Zechariah 4, right? Yeah, so we'll enjoy the, the small beginnings and we'll see what happens in the future. I saw a, a, one of those Hallmark Christmas movies. Anyone ever watch any of those? I'm so sorry. I, I, I can't believe that I didn't say I was watching ESPN, but I was watching. Uh, and they had this big Christmas light show of the Christmas tree. And I was like, oh, that would be so much fun as a whole church doing that. So we'll dream. And that will be our dream. So we'll see you Friday night at 7 o'clock and come ready to have fun. Now we're going <clears> to <throat> take just a few moments today to dive into something I feel. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. I feel it's something that we all need to do better at, all right? And it's community. If I say the word community, what do you think of? Shout out a couple of things. What do you think of? When I say community, we want to have community. We want to be a church that has community. What does that mean? Relationships? Communing together. Eating together. Fellowshipping. That's good. Anyone else? Anything come to mind? Being it. Oh, thank you, Kyle. Being in each other's business, because we're invited, not because we're nosy. <laughs> Community is where we invite people into our business, right? Invite people into our homes. Now, there, is, there should be a measure of um, sorrow today, because we're going to repent for not being good at community. How many have been in each other's homes? Don't raise your hands. How many of you in this room can look across and say, I've been in their house. They've been in my house. Ouch. Hey, I'm up here because this is for me. This is, the older I get, the more I want to be around more people. 
I have a weird personality type where I'm really good with just one person. Just give me one person I really love to be around, and I'm good. I don't need 50 friends. And the older I get, that's starting to shift. Like, man, I really like to be around people. They're not so bad after all. And maybe that's because I'm not so bad after all. As I get older, I get nicer. But we need each other. And we, need, we can say we want to be a church that does community. It's even one of our five things that we list. Like, we host his presence. We are Holy Spirit uh, partners. I don't know how I worded it, but, and then we do community. Well, if we're going to say we do community, then we need to make up our minds and just do community. You know what the number one thing that I hear from friends all over that are church people, what they say they crave from a church, it's not better sermons, because let's be honest, we don't go to, uh, shocking to hear this, we don't go to church because the preacher's so good at preaching. Let's be real. I, I am fully confident in that. It does not bother me. Because you can listen to Carl Lentz, you can listen to Bill Johnson, you can listen to T.D. Jakes anytime you want to, right here on your phone, on your computer. Turn the TV on here, the best sermons in the world. So we don't come because of the sermon. And as much as I love to worship together, we don't come because the worship's so good either. Because again, you can pull up Hill songs, you can pull up whatever you want to listen to and have the best worship. You can pick your song list, the favorite songs that you have. And only play those songs and not any of the ones you don't like. And you have the best worship experience on your own time. It's not a great way to do life. There is value in coming together and hearing from a pastor and hearing from a worship team leading corporately. But that's not why people go to church. People go to church because they need to be connected to a community. It's the absolute truth. They need to know Jesus, absolutely, of course. But if you're going to know Jesus, then you're going to know his body. And people need community. People need to be in each other's business. We need to have strong people around us that we can go to. Right? Am I telling the truth? <clears throat> and so this next year from now on, we're going to make this something that we don't just talk about. <clears throat> we're going to require community. And the, the best way to create community is to pull out your calendar and just say, no, I don't have anything on this Thursday. Okay, we're, we're having coffee and put it on the calendar. You're like, well, that's forced. You're absolutely right. It's forced. It's the truth. Because what will happen if I'm open Thursday and I don't schedule a community session, time to hang out with someone that I need to be around more often, and I don't put it on there, what's going to happen to that time slot? Something else will take that spot. Right? So what happens is we live our life going from what barks the loudest and demands our attention instead of being intentional about where we spend our time. It's called stewardship. Stewardship does not just apply to money. It applies to everything we spend our effort on. And friendships and community and being with the body of Christ should be something. And I'm not talking about going to church. At all. I'm talking about what we do outside of the building here, in each other's homes. Why did the, the church of Acts see all the things that they did? Well, obviously, the power of the Holy Spirit was upon them. That's a good start, right? The Holy Spirit came on them like a, like a flame on their head, and they were on fire for God. But then they also did something really unique. They ate together in each other's homes. They broke bread. They fellowshiped. They shared what they had, and they had community. And I know 
that that is one of the biggest crucial things we need as a church to begin to see more of the authority and the power of God displayed not only in our services but in our lives. It's community because life flows through the body of Christ, not just in a building. Is this making sense? And so when we say we're a follower of Christ, and I say, well, man, I'm, Christ is my, my leader. How many would say that that's true? Christ is your leader. You're a follower of Christ. Well, he said that he, he created a body that would supply everything that we need as well that's connected to him. So when the body is connected to Christ, then all that we need is supplied through this entire body, through Jesus Christ and his body, which is the church. So that means there are needs that we have that you may not be able to get in a prayer meeting. It's true. There are needs that we have that may not be met by fasting. But maybe they'll be met by an hour coffee session with some of your church friends. Because we rip our heart open and say, hey, this is what's going on inside of me. And it'd be a lot easier to say, oh, this is how we can help because we know really what's going on. Am I telling the truth? A lot of us love to say, and this is an absolutely true statement, well, all I need is Jesus. You're right. That's absolutely true. But Jesus gave us a body. And if he thinks that the body was important, then I want to think it's important. And not just because I'm fulfilling some religious obligation of coming to a building, but that I'm actually connected to this body. And I'm not only taking from this body, but I'm contributing to the body. Are you all okay? See, (laughs) the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, it is the perfect picture of community. It's perfect. None of them have ever been alone. None of them have ever been without. They are completely, they're completely unique, but they're completely surrendered to one another. Think about that for a moment. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, they are unique in their function, in their personality, in the way they display their authority and their power, but they're completely surrendered to one another. They yield to one another because they value what the other offers to the equation. Now, we are in the body of Christ, and and Ephesians tells us that though we're one body, we have many parts. And each part actually helps distribute what the body needs. So when part of the body is, is missing or part of the body is isolated off to itself, then the health of the entire body dips until someone fills that role. Is this making sense? And so I feel like a lot of us come to church and a lot of us are saying, well, how come my life isn't exploding with fruitfulness? Is it because I don't pray enough? I don't know. Ask the Lord. Is it because I don't read the word enough? I don't know. Ask the Lord. But I do know that it probably has a lot to do with am I connected to him or not? See, if in John 15, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches, which which means that we're all branches and we're connected. All of us are connected to the same vine, which is Jesus. And the father is the vine dresser. He's the one that makes sure we're all fruitful and multiplying, right? But we're connected to Jesus Christ, but each of us individually belong to one another as we belong to Jesus. Do you believe that? Like, I I don't just belong to Kyle because he's my blood brother. I belong to him because we're in the body of Christ. 
Now, I'm talking about something today that I need to do way better at. Community, like purposeful community. I'm such a feeler. Well, I don't feel like getting out. I don't feel like doing... It's a choice. Community is a choice. How many want more community? Be honest. You want community, like really community. Like, man, when I'm going through stuff, there should be three people that know I'm going through it. Instead of just me or my wife. There should be at least three people say, man, I know what Jared's going through right now, and I've got his back. Am I telling the truth? Oh, me, I'm up here stepping all over myself, honestly, because we're selfish with our time. I'm selfish with my time. I love my couch. (laughs) It is. Not so big, but there is an impression. (laughs) I love my soccer. Everybody's like, what? Soccer. I love my baseball. I love my kids. I love hanging out with them. Don't want to drive anywhere. We've got to do better at community. Let's go through some of this real quick. Romans chapter 12. Let's go with verse 1. It says, Therefore I urge you, in view of God's mercy, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. And do not be conformed uh, to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may test and prove what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now we know that one really well. Let's keep going. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Whoa. This is one of the big reasons we don't hang out with other people. Right there. Because other people don't think about things the way I think about things. Other people have come to different conclusions than I have. And for me to be around them, it means I have to reconcile my differences with their differences or to decide to lay it aside, it doesn't really matter. But sometimes the tension of those things cause us not to hang out with each other. How many have family members that that's true? Man, my brother's crazy. Can't hang out Don't think more highly of ourselves than we should, but to have sound judgment. Because God has given everyone a what? A measure of faith, right? For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function. Hey, all the members don't have the same function. All the members don't bring the same gift to the table. We all have something unique that each of us would be disconnected from if we're not in relationship with that person. We have to choose to do community, to do it well, to be purposeful. Come on, I'll get, I'll get back. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given us, who determined what kind of gifts we had? God did. So each of us should exercise those gifts. Come on, we should do it. Full out. Everyone should be celebrated for what they're good at and what they bring to the table. Not just people that sing well, play well, preach well, pray well. It says, if it's prophecy, prophesy in according to your faith. If it's service, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's exhortation, then exhort. 
<clears throat> if it's leading, lead with diligence. If it's showing mercy, do it with cheerfulness. And then it keeps going. Let love be without hypocrisy. Love what is good. Hate what is evil. Be devoted to one another. Everyone say that with me. Be devoted to one another. Man, this is to the body of Christ. Don't lag behind in diligence. Be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Community means this. It matters. In Proverbs 18, verse 1, it says this. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desires, and he rages against wise judgment. Isolation. Has anyone ever isolated themselves before? Man, it's miserable, right? And, and often we isolate ourselves hoping that a search party will come after us. And how many know that the search party is busy? Right? Well, they'll come after me, surely. I'm so important. They will come find me. If we isolate ourselves, and you isolated yourself, we are on your own. It's our job to come back. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't go after people. Jesus told the story of leaving the 99 to go after the one, so there is that. But don't isolate yourself. I've done it, right? Every issue in life boils down to trust. 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 I want to read this. When we pretend that we have a marvelous relationship with the Lord, but we have trust issues, we're kidding ourselves. If I can say, man, I really love the Lord and I have this great relationship with God and we're so close and, and I accept his love for me and I know I'm a son or a daughter and we have all this, but we can't trust the body that he's put us in relationship with, then we're kidding ourselves. Jesus even said, how can you say you love a God you can't see, but you hate the neighbor that you do see? He's like, come on. See, relationships are the place where we manifest and develop every drop of revelation we get from God. See, God did not just give us this relationship with Him and revelation of who He is just so it can just be between us and Him. He wanted it to be us and Him and us and them. It goes both ways. He gave us the body because he says this thing is going to supply things that you need to get from one another because I need you to learn the value of being unique but surrendered. Just as I am in my father, my father's in me, you need to learn what it's like to really count on the people that you say you do life with. You need to experience this. For you to really fully understand the way the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the way we operate, you need to know how to have interpersonal relationships with the body of Christ that supplies you with things that you may be lacking in this moment. And there's this tension where you need one another, but not in an unhealthy way so that you can understand me and my Father. We need this. See, everything we get from God is supposed to be planted in our relationships. If I, if I learn that God is merciful and I'm not merciful toward my sons, then I haven't learned the lesson. Are you okay? See, we can display all of our great gifts and all of our re- revelation and all of our wisdom and our, even our, just our common sense. We can display all of that. 
But if we can't transport those things into our relationships until it grows and bears fruit, then we've deceived ourselves. What's the point? He wants us to be healthy in every area. I would that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. See, there are some things that only comes through community. And that's a really weird thing to say because, like, well, all we need is God again. All we need is Jesus. You're right. But there are some things that we get by being in relationship with his body that he gave himself for. His bride is the body. You realize that, right? The bride is the, the, the body is the bride. Jesus is coming back for his bride. The church that's going to be without spot and without wrinkle. Well, how's that going to happen? Because the church is going to be healthy. The church is going to be in community with one another, strengthening places that are weak, standing up and defending one another when we're disjointed, battling for each other when we're going through dark seasons celebrating with each other when good things happen throwing a party we're going to get better at partying and celebrating in the kingdom right because we should celebrate more and when you have community it's always fun to have a party are y'all okay y'all are looking at me real all right it's intended that our wisdom and our relationship with god be manifested between other people okay How many of you have ever felt lonely before? I'm talking about isolation, loneliness. <clears throat> this is what I, I've learned. Loneliness is not a feeling that I experience when no one else is around. Because I've been in a crowded room many times and felt lonely. I think someone said, it's, you don't want to be around other people that make you feel lonely. I want to be a, a person that when other people are around me, they come alive. They feel hopeful. They feel like they've got someone on their team who believes in them, who will fight for them. And I want to have people around me that are just like that because I go through things. I go through seasons where I, I want to be encouraged and I need to rub shoulders with those people and let them speak into my life. And it's not always just encouragement. Sometimes we need to get our butt kicked. You're not thinking about this right, Jared. Well, with all the information that I have, this is the conclusion I've come to. Well, you're missing some information. See, being lonely is a choice. A couple of examples of how powerful community is. Some of you may have heard this before. I don't care. We'll go back over it. I heard Lance Wall now tell this story probably 10 years ago now about the small island in the Pacific Ocean with this, this uh, certain type of monkey. I cannot remember the name. doesn't matter. It's a type of monkey. And there are coconuts all over this island, yet the monkeys could never figure out how to open these coconuts and eat them. And they didn't even want to because every time they would pick this coconut up and put it to their mouth, it was bitter because of the soil and because of the things on it. It was bitter tasting. They didn't even like it. This great fruit right here, but they couldn't ever eat it. Until one day, one monkey stumbles on... Revelation. And somehow drops it into a stream or to a river and it somehow washes off all the bitterness that's on it and he opens it up and it's not bitter and it tastes really good. And guess what happens? All the other monkeys start to copy what this monkey did. 
They start taking the coconut, breaking it, and washing it in the river, and they begin to eat this coconut. Pretty cool. That's community, right? One person gets breakthrough. Everybody else is like, oh, wait, how come we haven't been doing that all along? That's community. Well, what's crazy about this story is a thousand miles away on another island in the same time period, another tribe of monkeys discovers the same thing at the same time without telephone calls and emails because this, this group, this tribe of monkeys broke into Revelation that now gave access to others just like them to have access to it. That's what community does. That's what community does. Have you, how many have ever heard of, it's a show now, so it's kind of common, but a term called wisdom of the crowd? Anyone heard of that before? Well, there was this guy, let me see, what was his name? Sir, Sir Gra- Gafton something. He was a sir, so it's really important we should listen to what he has to say. Actually, the guy was terrible. He was into eugenics, which means um, creating a pure uh, breed of race and getting rid of the dumb people and the people that we don't think are valuable. He was into that. But he discovered some good things along the way. And one of the things he found out was in, I think it was in 1902 or 1906, they were at a county fair, and he, described, he decided to do an experiment, and there was a heifer that was up to be for sale, right? And they knew how much this, this heifer weighed about. And so what they wanted to do was they wanted the whole crowd of about 900 people or so to try to guess the weight of this cow that was about to be auctioned off. And not one person in the crowd got it right. Not one person. But guess what they discovered? When they took the aggregate or the medium answer of everyone there, they were within nine pounds of the weight, which is pretty amazing. And later discoveries, they actually said they went back and read the the journals and the mathematics. They were actually within uh, less than nine pounds of the real weight of this cow. And what he discovered was one person in the crowd may not have the right answer, but corporately, if the crowd will come together, they will come to the right conclusion. What's the point? If we're in the body of Christ, there are problems that we face. How many of you have ever faced an issue, difficulty, a business decision? You don't really know what to do. And sometimes the Lord tells us exactly what to do, and that's great. Have you ever had that happen? The Lord just says, hey, this is what you should do. Okay, Lord, I will do it. But sometimes he's quiet because sometimes he locks up the answer in the people around us so that through community we get the answer. Through the wisdom of the crowd, God brings us to a solution. What's the point? We need each other. Sometimes if I have that, that council of wise people around me, I can come to them and say, hey, this is what's going on. And they can say, hey, well, this is what I think you should do. Well, that's not exactly right. Well, this is what I think that's. But together, whoa, this is the solution. In Numbers chapter 14 for time, Numbers chapter 11. <clears throat> we'll close with this. So Moses has decided that he is, is wanting to anoint people and to put the same spirit that's on him onto them, which is awesome. And so he calls them together. They have a ceremony. And he puts his spirit upon these people. And they all begin to prophesy. How many think that's pretty cool? Just because they prayed, everyone that was there, boom, they begin to prophesy. They begin to prophesy and speak the word of the Lord. Well, there were two brothers. There was named Eldad and Medad. And they were part of that group, but they were back at their camp. They didn't get to make it. They had chores or something. I don't know, funny names, right? Um, Anyway, they weren't there at the location where everyone was prophesying. But guess what happened to Eldad and Medad when they were at the camp? They began to prophesy. At the same time that this group of people with Moses began to prophesy. Why? 
because they were in community with those people. And because they were in community with them, they had access to the breakthrough that the community got, even when they weren't present. I've heard stories of of a husband being able to go to this conference and the power of God hits him and goes all over him and his wife wasn't able to be there and that the exact time he's having this experience and this encounter with God, his wife is at home and the power of God hits her and she's crying and she's having the same experience although they're not in the same location because God wants all of us to have access to his wisdom, to his revelation and to his love. What's the point of the whole thing? It comes through community. It comes through spending time together. I love what Kyle said, being in each other's business. It's actually good for us to be in each other's business. The Bible tells us, tells us to confess our sins one to another. It's actually the will of God that we do this. But we just fight it. We fight it, we fight it, we fight it. And, and I, hear, I hear the Lord saying like, for us to step, step into what I see in my mind. How many ever get visions in your mind of what you think things will be like? for your family, for your business, for your children, for the church. What I see in my mind and where I see where we're at right now, I know community is one of the keys to get to that point of what I see in my mind. I know it. And I know it's the the hardest solution because we all live all over the place. Right? Am I telling the truth? My brother-in-law, we're talking about this recently. So when, when, when I was a youth pastor, man, it was easy to get kids there. Like, man, we just bust kids in. We have fun. It was, it was great. Like, we, were, we weren't a big church, and we had a really vibrant youth group, right? Yeah. You look back, you can't find big youth groups anymore, anywhere. I, I'm not going to name any names, but churches that are very big churches right around us, that they're not, they're not even be, being able to do youth service on Wednesday nights anymore because it's too hard to get people there. Why? Because people that go to their church live all over the place. It's a different time. It just is. We don't live in a small town where it's only two miles to the church in the center of the town, and we all go to the same church together, and we go to the football games on Friday together. It's not like that anymore. Things have changed, which means we have to be all the more intentional on how we do community. I, I can't get upset um, when we have Wednesday nights and just a few people come out. I'm like, man, people live in Fort Worth. People live in Burleson. People live in, in South Arlington. People live in Mansfield. People live in Euless. People live all over the place, and it's hard to get here on a Wednesday night. I understand it. But we've got to do some other things to have community with each other. And it's not about just coming here and hearing someone talk. It's like doing life together, breaking bread together, fellowshipping together. And I was just telling him it's just different times. Different times. But what is community going to look like? I don't know. It's not like Bible times where they couldn't just get in their car and go somewhere. It's not like that. Like, we can go anywhere now. Honestly, I mean, you guys drove from Burleson. That's a long drive. It is. I understand. Like, it's, it's, so how are we going to have community? We're going to have to get our calendars out. We have to make time. When opportunities arise, shameless plug, Friday night Christmas party, we make sure we're there. We do it. We just, I, don't, I don't care. I'm going to make sure I'm there. I have to. Why? Because I have to, I have to invest time here. This is important to me. And then we have to let our guard down. So, yeah, I'm going to give people access. I'm going to let people see what's inside of me. I'm going to be real. I'm one of the most private people. My brother, we were having this talk a couple of Sundays ago. I was like, man, Kyle, I'm just so private. I'm so, he's like, well, that, some of that's good, some of it's bad. 
He goes, I don't think it's all good, right? Pretty much what you said. Maybe in a meaner way, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> more direct. Yeah, more direct. That's better. He's like, I don't know if that's always tr- so good. Maybe, maybe it'll open up a little bit more. I'm like, you're probably right. I do. I need to. Guess what? How many people want to have lots of friends? Honestly, I'm not talking about friends, friends on Facebook. Come on, that's fake friends. Just scroll through just to see how you're doing. That's not a real friend. Come on. They're still alive. Hey, oh, they had a birthday because it told me to. Come on. That's not a real friendship. It can be, but mostly it's not. There's this weird thing going on. We were talking about on the way to church. Um, my kids don't care about TV, but they love YouTube. Like, it's won the day. YouTube has won the day. The next generation will not watch TV the way we do. It's already gone and it's over. They want to watch YouTube. And there's this, now my kids don't do this because I would yell at them. I would scream at them. But there's this uh, thing going on right now where kids are opening gifts, opening presents. And all these kids around the world are going to this YouTube channel to watch these kids open gifts. It's the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's so, what? Like, okay, how many things, it's fun opening gifts, right? With your family, that kind of stuff. But this is weird. These are strangers watching you open gifts. And the reason behind it is evil, if you ask me. It's for advertising. It's evil. Oh, look how cool and excited it was when they opened that gift. I got to have that. I hate that. I absolutely hate it. It's manipulation and I hate it. But the point of all this is my kids follow people on YouTube. And they follow this and they watch that. And like, they feel like they know these people. And they, they will stand up for them. I'm like, oh, come on. That dude lives in a basement with his mom. Like, oh, no, dad. He makes like this money and he drives this guy. I'm like, why are you defending this guy over your dad? It's fake intimacy it's fake instagram facebook social media all this stuff that we call community is all fake it's smoke and mirrors community is face to face with one another community is sitting across from each other at a coffee shop or at a restaurant or hanging out at the park looking at each other and being able to smell each other's bad breath and talk to each other it's the truth we we just don't do that in church very well. So, would you stand? And here's what we're going to do. How am I going to do something about it? I am. I'm doing something about it. Intentional. Are you all okay? All right. Let me keep asking four or five times. It's my go-to. When I'm insecure, I say, are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> you'll like it thumbs up. that's how i'll know you really liked it when you put a thumbs up on facebook otherwise i'll be questioning whether matt liked it or not <laughs> community community so god we just come to you right now first of all i ask if, if you're with me pray a prayer of forgiveness forgive me god for not seeing the value of the body of christ for not seeing the value of connecting to this body for missing out on a gift you gave us. Now, God, I decide to not just feel sorry about this and, and say I'm sorry. I'm going to do something about this. We are going to do something about this. This church body is going to do something about this. 
God, I ask that you would give us a grace to do relationships well. How many would want that? If you want that, just raise your hand where you're at. You want to have a grace upon your life, authority to do well in relationships. God, we're asking you for this. And you said if we ask for anything in your name and it's according to your will, we will have it. I know this is your will, that we would be the healthiest people on the planet, that we are great friends, that we are a great support system to the people around us, that we care for one another, we have mercy upon one another, that we fight for each other, we intercede for one another, we rejoice with each other. So first thing we have to do is let go of fear of being known. Have you ever felt the thought, if people really knew me, they wouldn't like me? It's, we, th- we may not think it, but we, we think it. If people really knew, they wouldn't like me. They wouldn't think I know the Lord. If they really knew what I thought or said or did, they wouldn't. Prepare to be amazed. (laughs) At what people will do when you let them in. So Father, if if you're one of those that have had that fear of being known, just ask the Lord to forgive you. Break down that wall. Father, we break agreement right now with the lie that says if people really knew me, they wouldn't like me. I'm too weird. I'm too whatever. We break connection with that lie right now in Jesus' name. I pray you give us courage. Make us courageous. Yeah? Give us all a gift of hospitality. Who wants that gift? Who wants that gift? Hospitality. Yeah, God, give us a gift of hospitality, that we host people well. Lord, as we learn to host you well, let us learn to host others well. (laughs) Last thing. We do not have to agree on everything to hang out together. You don't have to be a Democrat or a Republican or a Trump or a no Trump or a Cowboys or Eagles. None of it matters. You love Jesus? Yes, I'm good with you. Let's hang out. You don't love Jesus? Let's hang out so you can love Jesus. It's it's really like that. So how many, last, last thing, how many would say that? I give up my rights to demand agreement. Because when we demand for everyone around us to agree with us, then everyone around us looks just like us. And that's not community. So be prepared to be uncomfortable. Yeah? Growth comes being uncomfortable. So Father, we just love you right now. And we just seal what you've started here today. And that we would be a church known for community. That we would learn what this looks like in a really hectic, fast-paced world. Teach us how to do community really well.